After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, guys, it's that there's always a catch. So when I heard that for a limited time, all Mint Mobile wireless plans are 15 bucks a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly on to you. I haven't skipped a beat using Mint Mobile services. I have a great service even when I'm traveling for over less than 70% of what I was paying before. Listen to Uncle Chael and say bye-bye to your overpriced wireless plans, jaw-dropping monthly bills and unexpected overages. Mint Mobile is here to rescue you with premium wireless plans starting at 15 bucks a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash chael. That's mintmobile.com slash chael. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash chael. $45 upfront payment required. That's equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower, above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Guys, I'm really into things that add more convenience to my life. It's even better when it also comes with safety in a high-quality package. I'm talking about my Eufy Video Lock. I'm still loving this thing. I love this thing so much that I'd like to invest in the company. I am so impressed with this product that I'm willing to back it. And if anyone out there knows how I can do it, please reach out. You got to check it out for yourself. I'll probably do a quick social post, but for now, just search UV Video Lock. Do it online. It's a three-in-one smart lock, 2K camera with an audio and doorbell. It's easy to install. It has fingerprint recognition, so I don't even have to remember a code. I can control it all in an app, which again, the convenience is such a big plus for me. We are always on the go, and being able to monitor our home on the road is such a nice option. Not only that, I don't have to rush to the door if the doorbell rings. I can either open the door or ignore whoever's at the door by vetting them through the app. There is no monthly fees for security video storage. The battery is rechargeable, and each charge lasts about four months. This UV lock is fantastic, and I highly recommend it. Search Eufy Video Lock online. That's Eufy, E-U-F-Y Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com backslash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your front door. What's happening, guys? Happy Friday, and thank you for joining another special episode of Your Welcome coming up on today's show. You'll hear my interview with the spider Anderson Silva, and I also dive into the Paul brothers and Conor McGregor's belief that he can beat Dustin Poirier. But first, 
let's begin with something interesting I saw about the star of last weekend's UFC card. Yuri Prohaska, I read an interview that he did, and five different times during the interview, I thought it was lost in translation. And I was forced to remember back a week ago when he was on tele television speaking fluent English. Uh, but I'd read a little bit more, go, okay, no, 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 this has to be lost in translation. There's no way that he said this. I came five different times and I had to remind myself, no, wait, he's fluent. It is not likely to be a typo. He was talking about, they're saying that they want to give him a world title fight. He came out and said that he would like the opportunity, but he needs to grow his skills and he would like to do the world title fight in a year. That was the first one that jumped off the page where I'm going, huh? You want a year. You want to sit out for one year, right? When you're at your height of opportunity, you got this ridiculous haircut. I mean, you, there's a lot of commitments that you've made here. You're going to have to walk around town with this thing coming out of, out of your skull for a year before you get back in the ring and remind people why you have that haircut. I mean, I was stunned when I read this, read a little bit more about him. It turned out this isn't totally out of kilter. At one point in his life, he was offered a UFC contract. He said no. He actually said no. I, I'm not good enough. I am not ready. And went and worked on these skills. So now when I'm now when I'm armed with that piece of information, I'm going, does he really think he can be a number one contender for a year? That he can just sit back? That anybody is going to care? And he was talking about it from this standpoint, which meant he was very out of touch. He was talking about it from the standpoint of what's best for him. This business does not work with what's best for you. It works with what opportunity can you get in this time frame that works for everybody else. So I was just reading about a guy who I'm scratching my head and going, man, this is a rare skill. This is a rare talent who matches up very well with both Glover and Yawn. Very, very well. I could see many scenarios absent of this interview that he just did where he would even be the favorite going into that fight. He won't be now. He won't be now that he's told us all he doesn't think he's ready. But is he right? Can you win a match that you don't think you can win? Can you succeed at a position that you don't think you're ready for? And I do see it happen a lot. Confidence is one of these words that the jerk who's writing a book that he's going to sell on Amazon wants you to believe that you have to have. You don't have to have confidence at all. 80% of success is just showing up. You don't have to be confident in the least. You're going to go out and try. You don't have to be confident. You need to prepare. You don't have to be confident. You got to make the weight class. I mean, there's things that you have to do. None of them say confidence. There is no clause anywhere within the, a contract you'll sign in the sport that says you got to be confident. There's nothing within the unified rule. So can he go succeed even if he doesn't think that he can? But it also then begs the question of, well, why do we want him to? There is nothing more gross in fighting than bullying. There's nothing more gross than throwing a kid out there who doesn't want to go out there. And there's a crowd cheering and telling him to get in there. If he doesn't want to be, you have to have two people fight that want to fight. That's what professional fighting is, as opposed to the playground. It's a large part of the difference is you have two willful participants who both have the same like-minded goal and dream, who are arguing that they want it just as bad and they're willing to sacrifice just as much. That's what professional fighting is. We got a guy who says he needs a year. It's a very tough spot. I don't know that it's one that we've seen before. 
I don't also don't know what it is Prokryev thinks he's going to achieve in a year. He's 28 years old. Whoever is telling him that 28 is young is lying. I remember very clearly being 18 years old at the wrestling banquet my freshman year at the University of Oregon when the seniors got up to accept their award and thank everybody for the memories and say goodbye. They were 23 years old. And I remember looking at them going, man, you guys are old. And I was right. They were. Coach at Iowa. Tom Brands, one of the most successful coaches in wrestling, one of the most successful coaches, uh, athletes, went back when he was competing, came up under the great Dan Gable. But Coach Brands saw an athlete who wasn't using urgency. He thought, I have time. I'm going to go to these events and build experience, but I have plenty of time. If you ever hear an athlete saying that and you're a coach of any degree, you've got to instill urgency in them. Nobody is guaranteed tomorrow. Nobody is guaranteed t- five years and 10 years from now, especially. I mean, when you're not quite, liter- quite literally not guaranteed tomorrow, and if you're coaching, you're working with an athlete, and here's what Tom Brand said. He saw that he had an athlete who was very good, who had all of the potential, but was operating under the, the guides of, well, I'm a junior. I have a whole nother year plus a red shirt. I don't have to figure it out today. Coach Brands brought him in the office, sat him down, and he said, you're done at the end of this season. I am not having you back. When the season ends this year, you are done, and I will, I will prevent you from ever doing the sport again. Now, Coach Branch didn't hold to that. He didn't mean it when he said it. He was instilling urgency that whatever hard work you've done, whatever skills you possess, but whatever goals you want to achieve, you've got to do them now. The clock is ticking. You have to do them now, and you must instill urgency. And everybody in life, this doesn't just pertain to an athlete. If you have something that you want to do, you need to get started right now. Do not waste any time. A year from now, you think you're young? You're 28 years old. Now, let's talk about a guy who was supposed to fight on the same card as Yuri Prokoska last weekend, and that's Diego Sanchez. So Diego Sanchez is all done fighting. And we know that for sure to be true with the UFC. I personally think it's true just as a broad statement. I don't believe that anybody will sign and or have an interest in signing in meeting uh, some of the numbers that Diego, Diego's just used to getting to. I happen to think that Diego's done fighting. Okay. Save that thought. This is my opinion. And this is what I'm coming to you with because I get a call from Anthony Smith yesterday. And he says, Chael, I just had Diego on my show. Made a deal with Diego before the show. Diego was very clear with me. There will be no editing. Whatever is said, he wants put out. I told him I told him we would do that. And Anthony was coming from a standpoint that over at Sirius, even if there was like a, a swear word put in there, because of where they're at, they don't have to beep out the swear word. So Anthony felt very comfortable in saying, we won't edit it and we'll put it out. Now he runs into a problem, which is Diego went over time. Diego was scheduled for a 30-minute block. He ends up going 43 minutes. So when Anthony and Clifford are trying to get Diego out so that they can get to a commercial break, Diego does not go out. Diego keeps saying things. It was a wonderful interview. I mean, I must tell you, aside from the logistics of whatever they had to deal with, this is Sirius XM, whatever they had to deal with and their producer, Marissa, to get the commercial breaks in there and get the advertisers, the whole reason that they're there in the first place. I'm just speaking from an entertainment standpoint. It was fantastic. 
I'm so glad Diego stayed. Every time Diego would speak, and look, if Diego is in fact done fighting, this is the time where I would give a thank you, tell you my favorite moments, play the quiet music, fade to black, and roll the credits, okay? I'm not sure my favorite Diego moment isn't still to come. I just don't know that it'll have anything to do with fighting. He was so interesting on this show. Diego was talking about he's afraid to drive his car because he thinks a hit could be out on him. That he's afraid to eat certain foods because he could be poisoned and he believes that this window is open for about two years. Now, of course, they asked the most obvious question, why do you feel that way? Forget it. We didn't even get close to an answer on that. That wasn't the point, man. There, there was 43 minutes of entertainment. So Anthony tells me what had happened. He goes, I got to put this out. I've already talked to Sirius and I told them they got to send me this and I'll put it out through my own channels if you didn't have time to air it. But I made a deal with this guy that this thing sees the light of day in its entirety. Okay, great. Hey, by the way, Anthony, when you're doing that, send me a clip too, because I need to see this. And Diego really touched on a number of different things. And of course, the relationship between Diego and Joshua came up. And I believe it was RJ Clifford who said, if I'm wrong, it was Anthony who said to Diego the question, we don't feel that this is because of you, Diego. We feel this is because of Joshua. And you knew that that was going to come up at some point. I don't know that I've ever seen a relationship with an MMA have so many people so passionate about breaking up, about pulling apart than Diego and Joshua. I would remind you at this point, I think it's very unlikely Diego fights again. I think likely whatever Joshua and Diego do through life together will be in the world of business. I mean, I would, if I was to guess for you, they're going to open a gym. If I was to, to guess for you, they're going to work on And Joshua doesn't call himself like a martial arts coach or a boxing coach. Uh, it's like life coach or a, a transformation. But there's a whole different term. There's a whole other zen that he goes after that is something that Diego would probably fit in just great with. You know, Diego, you guys may not know this, but when Diego started the yes, the yes movement, do you remember that? Do you go back this far with Diego Sanchez? He'd walk to the ring and he would say the word, yes, 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 yes. And he'd get the crowd. He'd get the crowd into it. I mean, it was on beat and he would just say the word yes until the fight started. Then he would go out and win the fight. He would usually win a fight of the night bonus in addition to all this. So, I mean, Diego's the coolest guy in the world, right? Who's cooler than that guy? The main event? In the UFC, oh, by the way, who won? Nobody's cooler than the Nightmare. Daniel Bryant. Daniel Bryant stole that gimmick from Diego and credits it to him. Daniel Bryant will happily tell you that that's where he got it. But Daniel Bryant made millions and millions in t-shirt sales just putting the word yes with an exclamation point. Daniel Bryant, of course, being the WWE wrestler, went on to be the WWE champion, headlining major cards and major pay-per-views, doing the yes gimmick. I bring that to you because the whole yes and the whole zen and the whole mind and energy was a very different approach by Diego. We hadn't seen those kinds of things. There was a reason that a smart entertainer like Brian would be able to identify that and go, wow, you almost had the audience of a UFC chanting along with you. The audience of UFCs does not chant along. And you still almost had them. I'm in a business where they're very used to chanting along. I can get a whole arena to do this. And he was right. And he did. So I will tell you my favorite Diego moment, I have a feeling, is still to come. Now, I would be sad. In many ways, genuinely, I would be sad. It would hurt me. I'd feel something. 
I'd feel something inside if Diego over a period of time doesn't look back and realize how well he was treated by the UFC. Diego was given a severance, okay? UFC doesn't do severances. There is no 1099 employee in the history of time that I've ever heard of. Not just that I don't know or that I've met or that I've done myself. I haven't even heard of a 1099 employee getting a severance. They gave Diego the severance to the tune of almost a quarter million dollars. Do you know what that's about? That's about respect. That's about the UFC had an appreciation for. The UFC wanted to say goodbye the right way to their first ever Ultimate Fighter winner and champion. There's many parts of the 43 minutes of Diego. And we we got we went way off course many times in this, okay? If you watch this piece, don't take this to get some kind of factual information. Take this to be entertained. I was entertained. Now, I could, of course, pick apart the facts that simply weren't there, but my point remains the same, which is when Diego's out there entertaining over a period of time, I still need him to know, and I need him to feel that he was respected, and he was shown a form of respect that no one has ever been shown, that nobody will be shown in the future. I would predict that for you. I do not believe that can ever happen again, particularly with the changing parts of the business. I don't think it can even happen, aside from the generosity, loyalty, respect, and appreciation that the organization had for Diego. It's important to me that he knows that. It's important to me that he can see that at some time. It is very common. In fact, it is more common than not for an athlete who was, is with a promoter when that relationship ends, the athlete turns on the promoter. Now, there's a number of reasons that relationship could end, including age, including injury, including the contract is up and ran its course, There's a no- including retirement by the athlete. There's a number of ways. But when you come back to the same commonality, which is then there's always a resentment from athlete to his promoter. Vince McMahon spoke on this. Vince McMahon did this on a special about Andre the Giant, who Vince had created, located, identified, changed the man's life. But when it was all done, Andre then had resentment towards Vince. Vince said, I've never had resentment for, uh, towards him. I appreciate Andre, and I had great memories with Andre. I'm also not surprised that he now has a different opinion of me because everybody else does too. And Vince said, the reason and the psychology for it is simply... The athlete realizes my time in this sport is done, but your time continues on. And that's a reality. And promoters can't go around and get their feelings hurt. They can do everything right. And that's ultimately what you ask yourself. When you're done with a relationship, you ask yourself one thing, and this extends to business, not just personal. You ask yourself one thing. Did we do everything right? If we did, then whatever feeling Andre the Giant, Diego Sanchez, John Doe coming next, has, is something that can be worked out. It has to be worked out and internalized by them. As long as we did everything right, and you as the leader, you will look around and ask your team that. Is there anything here I don't know? Was there ever a phone call? Was there ever a meeting? Was there ever a contract? Did we do everything right? And in this situation, without question, and more obvious and more in front of the cameras than anybody that come before, without question, 
Dana can feel that his team did everything right by Diego. Coming up in a moment, I'm going to talk about Conor McGregor and the advantage he believes he has against Dustin Poirier. But before we get there, here's a word about one of our sponsors. Today's episode of Your Welcome is brought to you by Athletic Greens, the most comprehensive, tasty, daily nutritional beverage I have ever had. Spring has sprung, and there's nothing more important than keeping our bodies healthy as we transition from the colder months into the warmer ones. I have lots to juggle between my family and business, visiting with you guys, taking my son to practice, catching up on the podcast and nonstop coverage in the world of combat sports. And sometimes it's hard to practice daily nutritional habits between it all. There is a way and athletic greens is the key for me. It's a daily all in one superfood powder. One scoop contains 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients including a multivitamin, a multi-mineral, probiotic, greens, superfood blend, and more. They all work together to fill the nutritional gaps in our diet, increase energy and focus, help with digestion, and support a healthy immune system, all without the need to take multiple products. What a relief. Athletic Greens is my one stop for all of it. It's simple, it's easy. For you athletes out there, this product is NSF certified for sport. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you like to eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, and it contains less than one gram of sugar without compromising on taste. Athletic Greens is offering my audience a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five travel packs with your first purchase if you visit my link today. So whether you or a family member are looking for peak performance or better health, covering your bases with Athletic Greens makes investing in your energy, immunity, and gut health each day simple, tasty, and efficient. Simply visit athleticgreens.com chael and join athletes and health-conscious go-getters around the world who make a daily commitment to optimal health every day. Again, Simply visit athleticgreens.com slash chael and get your free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs today. Connor was warning Dustin Poirier that he is being supported by a higher power, that Poirier has unlocked a beast, and the beast will be cornered by the higher power. This is always one of those deals where I can tell you till I'm blue in the face that confidence and wanting it and mental and all these drives are grossly backseated to physicality. Somewhere along the way, and it's been in my lifetime, I mean, I can remember when the expression this is 80% mental and 20% physical, but we spend 80% of the time on the physical and 20% of the time on the mental. I can remember when this expression came out and I can remember the guy writing books and doing seminars and then had 20 other vultures come in to write other like-minded books and do other seminars for this self-help. I can remember where this happened. It's not true. The sport is physical. There's a mental side to it where you will get tired and have to overcome, where you have to want it. 
And that's where this mental and a guy with a big heart can really push through. But to make believe that that's 80% of it is just factually incorrect. There's nothing, in fact, as a matter of fact, there's nothing within the unified rules that have to do with how you're feeling or what you're thinking. There is no judge assigned by any state commission that is told to do a psychological introspective of the athletes before they mark a 10 versus a 9. Every single thing within the unified rules has to do with physical. So when you have somebody like Connor come out and say that he's greatly motivated now, I'm just here to tell you that won't change the outcome, and I don't know if Connor has enough time. I also don't know that he doesn't. I'm not making my pick for this fight yet. The fight was supposed to be in May. Much better for McGregor that it has been moved to July. More time that if he, in fact, has the right mental outlook and he does want this enough that he has time to put in the physical work because that is the only thing that will get your hand raised in a competition, the physical side of it. I am a coach. When I talk to kids and I tell them you need to want this, what I'm really saying is you got to have discipline because if you do everything right, you can get one degree better each day, so make sure you come in tomorrow. And the day after that, whether you feel like it or not, and the day after that. But at the end, when the competition comes, we will now physically be ready. To have that physical preparedness is going to take some mental toughness. So I'm not dismissing the mental side of it. But the guy that came out and wrote the book in the first place and coined the phrase about the whole 80 and 20 had it wrong. The mental side of it is a very big deal. Every day when practice comes around, you will have five reasons why you don't want to go. If you can find the one reason why you show up anyway, that will show discipline, which is a form of mental toughness that can then help you physically prepare, which is the only thing the contest will be based on. And it's one of these things where the difference between Connor and Dustin in fight one and fight two had nothing to do mental. It had to do with one guy in Dustin stayed focused and buckled down and kept the course longer than Connor. Dustin kept showing up to practice every day, twice a day, taking matches, going into camp, flying out, getting on a scale, dealing with all the preparation, walking out there, gaining those experience and building his skills. And one guy stopped, but it had nothing to do with who wanted it more. There's, there's a point where it's enough. Stop. It's enough. You need a guy that wants it bad enough. Well, what does that do? On a daily basis, if you were to just break everything down, on a daily basis, that means he shows up to practice in the morning, he comes back in the afternoon and practices again. There's 24 hours of the day. He has 21 hours to do whatever he wants, including sleep. But for those three hours a day, you're going to put in your best effort and come back and do it again tomorrow. If you have that within you, you don't need to be any mentally tougher. You have everything that it takes. That's it. Put your mind and your hope and the higher power into some other interest because you've mastered this one. If you have a guy that really wants it, it's still three hours of practice a day. If you have a guy who, yeah, I don't know if I still want to do this, but he shows up for three hours a day and does what the coach asks him, puts in his best effort, gets that heart rate up, gets one degree better, you're on the same path. There is no difference. Now, of course, I couldn't say that on the physical side. One guy can punch through one two-by-four and the other guy can punch through three two-by-fours. You see where the physicalness is much more helpful and it's much more true, but we'll never stop seeing guys that want to keep talking about how bad I want something. 
The will to win is nothing without the will to prepare. And that's what mental toughness is. It's not on fight night. It's right now, today, two and a half months before, when the sun is out and your buddies are going down to the river. What are you doing? Are you locking in a room and staying the course? That's where the mental toughness comes in. And guys always seem to miss this, no matter how good they get. And it was years of Poirier staying the course and Connor not in the gym working on skills. Not how you felt, not how you thought, not how bad you wanted to win it. The will to win is nothing without the will to prepare. So it's one of these things. Does Connor want it enough? And, and in conjunction, is there enough time? Is there enough time between now and July to physically make up for all the time lost, all the workouts missed, all the weeks off, all the vacations attended? It's one of those things where the great athletes don't ever go into training camp. They don't know the difference. The greats, the real greats don't need you to mark off days on a calendar and identify it as camp. They do the same thing every day. They might change the intensity. It's called a peaking process. They might do that. But they don't have to make any plans. They don't have to pack the car with their gear and kiss the wife goodbye because they're driving out to so-and-so because they're in camp. You know, a lot of guys do that. They're just not considered the greats. Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier. They're two of the best to ever do it. Another guy that's in the same conversation is Kamara Usman. And I think something interesting could happen with him. I predict there's going to be something fun to see here between Usman and Jake Paul because of a quote that came out today. So one thing that Jake Paul says often is, I will change your life. But he'll talk about something really positive. He will usually go right into the purse. I will change your life by giving you $5 million. I will change your life, in this case, with Usman, by getting you $10 million up front plus points on the back end. It's one of those things which uh, Paul's not wrong. I would imagine $10 million would change a guy's life, right? So he's not wrong, and it's a very compelling line. And I don't really know what you could respond to that. If you're up there debating a guy and just trying to get jeers from the audience, I imagine you're going to concede that one to him. Well, no, Usman did not. Usman said, I don't know if you know this isn't a game to me, and I will change your life in the worst way. That's a powerful line. That's a very, very powerful line. And, you know, there's some guys that you can play with. There's some guys that compartmentalize and Press conference is this, and a weigh-in is something different. There's an intensity, but they're they're different, and training camp is different, and then fight night from bell to bell is different. Usman blurs those lines possibly more than anybody else that we have. Usman is the guy that it's best to not piss him off. It doesn't distract him like it does with many other fighters. It doesn't cause an adrenaline or an emotional dump or lapse like it does with many other fighters. It gets him focused, it gets him serious, and it makes him show up ready. It's just one of those, right? It's one of those deals. And if you think that sounds really cool and you want that to be you, you don't get to choose. Usman doesn't get to choose. I don't even know if he likes that about himself. His his life might be happier had he been able to put things in different categories. It's just not him. It's just not him. It's very hard. I watch Usman commentate sometimes on ESPN. He's fantastic. 
Obviously, he knows the sport, but he also shows up in a suit. He looks like a million bucks. He does a really great job. The hardest thing he has to do on that desk is to not come out of his chair to the 170-pounder across from him who's now calling him out. It's one of those things. And he's a professional. He stays very disciplined. I'm just sharing with you. He is having an internal conversation, and I can see it. The lines get very blurry. I think what Paul is doing is great. I think that Paul has started to rewrite a book. I really do. And I think some people just don't like Paul, so they just don't want to give him that credit. I think over time, you're not going to have a choice. I think you're going to have to look back, and you would be wise to do so, to study what it is he's doing, what it is he did, but moreover, how did he do it? How did he do it? And the mere fact that Paul has us over here discuss, I got the biggest MMA show in the space. I can't think of two solid days that have gone by where I'm not saying his name. He does something interesting. There's something interesting to see. And the fact that he can get the champion of the world from a totally different sport, all worked up and making these kinds of threats to whether I think that's a tough guy line or not. I love the line, but it's real when it comes from Usman. It's different. It's just different. And the fact that Paul can get that kind of energy and get that kind of emotion and get that kind of response and get this kind of dialogue to the sitting reigning champion of the world who is being compared to George St. Pierre, for goodness sakes. Talk about coming over and finding a way to box him. I mean, Usman's manager laid out what it would take. Ali Abdelaziz said, and make no mistake, we will do that fight. We will do it right now. Whatever your rounds, whatever your rules, wear any kind of gloves, you figure all that out. We'll say yes. Dana White's the sole promoter. So now it's upon Paul's team, and I don't know what his contracts look like. I would imagine the reason that Paul hasn't called Dana to see if we can get this done is one of twofold. Either he doesn't want the fight, or he's under contract with somebody else. But you would see where that makes it more obvious he doesn't want the fight. If he's under contract with somebody else and he understands how promotional contracts work, he would not be calling out one of Dana's disciples. Unless Paul's got a plan. I trust Paul has a plan. Sometimes I don't see it. Usually I'm the first guy to recognize him. I will be in this case too. I haven't put this whole thing together yet. All I know is using history as the greatest trajectory to the future. Paul never comes out with something unless he's got an angle, which is fun. I encourage you guys to get, to get on board with Jake Paul. I really do encourage that because it's fun. There is a train here that has left the tracks. There is excitement. There is entertainment coming every single day, including in the form of social media. You don't even have to set your calendar and get ready to do anything. You can just pick your phone up at random times, see what he's done, and there's something there. There's a conversation starter, and this guy continually delivers. How would Paul do with Uzma? We just saw Paul knock out a world-class athlete in less than a round. We just saw Usman knock out a world-class athlete in less than a round. I mean, right? But guys, this is how it starts. This is how your discussion down Crazyville begins. This is why the fight industry works, not just the matches themselves, the industry. It works because of guys doing what Jake Paul is doing. As you all know, Jake Paul has a brother, Logan. He's supposed to fight Floyd Mayweather. And there's just something about this fight I can't seem to understand. Logan Paul versus Floyd Mayweather just doesn't work. Why? Why? 
if, if you're studying those and you even look backwards to, to the one that worked really well, Ben Askren versus Jake Paul, why did that work? And why does Logan and Floyd not? And is there any way to get it too? Right? I mean, that's really what a promoter's job is. Anybody can sell a Ferrari. A promoter can bring two guys in, whoever they are, tell a story and make it interesting, right? Vince McMahon is very famous for the quote, I could sell out Madison Square Garden to have a wrestler take on a mop if I promoted it correctly. So a promoter could get in here and get involved, but what would that promoter need to do? And don't forget, there's not very many promoters out there. A promoter is a storyteller. There's not even very many people that are called promoters right now that could even tell you what I just said, which is simply that their job is to tell a story. That's how few promoters there are. Even the guy sitting in the chair that says promoter on it isn't a promoter and wouldn't even know to be true what I just stated. So if you were an actual promoter, of which Triller doesn't have one, if you were an actual promoter, of which Golden Boy doesn't have one, if you were, I mean, you could go right through the list where there's just not promotions, uh, promoters out there, but there are promotions and there's a meaningful difference. If you had a skilled promoter, is there anything that he could do to change the fact that Paul versus Mayweather just doesn't work? And the first thing we're going to have to do is identify what's the miss? What is the miss? Is it just because Floyd is so decorated in success and Paul is not that it's silly? Because we see silly things all the time. We steer right into it. We call it a sideshow. We call it a freak show. But we buy it and we sit and we view it anyway. Why does that fight not work? There's a couple of things that were done in the build-up to Floyd versus Connor. And as close and competitive and as great as that fight was in hindsight, we had none of those advantages going into it. You have an Irish kid who's never boxed against a six-division world champion who's never been beaten at boxing. This was an impossible task. So one of the ways that the story was told was of how hardworking and dedicated Connor was while the next thing you see is Floyd going through McDonald's and getting a Big Mac, not training at all, going out to the clubs. This was the attempt. Both guys were followed for equal amount of time. Both guys went to have food, entertain themselves, and work out in the gym the exact same amount of time. But there was a reason that in the editing room, they decided to show Connors and not show Floyd's. Because that was a way to bring your insurmountable gap of a guy who has never lost at it against a guy who's never even tried it and start to bring that gap to be a little bit more believable. So I'm offering you a suggestion. Is that what needs to be done in the world of promoting? Do they need to find a way to make it look as though Floyd is going to go out there with one hand tied behind his back? Is there a way to do that? Is there a way to even do the other side and convince the world that Paul is in the gym training with anybody meaningful and or tactical enough to have him compete with Floyd. I think one built-in mechanism right now is just the size difference, and they should be screaming that to the world. They should be screaming about the size difference to the world because Floyd has been very hesitant to fight many guys unless they weigh to the 10th a certain weight. That matters to Floyd. I don't know what the big deal is. I have no idea. You can either hit this guy more times than he can hit you, but the boxers don't think that way. They want to know how big the, the ring is. They want to know if there was horsehair put in the gloves. They want to agree on what hotels we're going to stay at, what press conference times are. The main event and the main fighters will even put into their contract. They will not leave the locker room until X time. That was in every single Mike Tyson contract. Doesn't matter that he's a main event in five fights or before him. Mike does not leave the locker room before 9.56 p.m. by example. 
Man, they would put these things in, and that mattered. That mattered to Mike's team. You want to know when they needed to arrive, when they needed to wrap the hands, when they needed to warm up, when they needed to get a drink of water, and when they needed to put their game face on, and they didn't want to be surprised on fight night. None of the things that I just mentioned would any MMA fighter know anything about. That would never be discussed. That would never be built in. It would be absolutely no part of the event. But it is for boxing. So I think that part of the story does need to be told, that they're not going to have the gloves that Floyd prepares. And it's not going to be in the 17 by 17 ring like the Mayweathers are used to. It's going to be in an 18 by 18 ring, but then you need to take the time to explain why that matters. No reasonable person is going to know why or that that does matter. But in crazy land that Floyd's been living, right, the world of boxing, second generation crazy land, second generation boxer, come out and tell the story. At some point, it has to be told, what is the difference in the rounds? We're changing the rounds. We're doing eight twos. Why? And why does that matter? Why is that relevant? And why does that help the chances of Logan, right? I mean, it's one of these things. We're up against it. That fight just simply doesn't work. I think Logan, because I think you get a two for one. I think the Paul brothers get a two for one. I think everything good Logan does, Jake gets credit. Everything good Jake does, Logan gets credit. So you can start to build. You can start to gain momentum at twice the speed. I've seen other sports where it's a twin. It's a twin situation. And if the twin sisters go into the same sport, they could get somewhere twice as quickly. They just got credit. It was just one of those things. People recognized them. People saw them. They could identify. It was one of those things. I think Logan can go sell out arenas just like Brother Jake. He can't do it against Floyd. I don't know why. I'm close. I've identified it, which is more than most. I'm curious about it, which is more than most. I'm speaking about it, which is more than most. I'm still not there. I don't know why that fight doesn't work. There's simply nothing interesting about it, and it's a little confusing why they're so logjammed because Floyd, much like Paul, Floyd can go sell out an arena. He just can't do it with Logan. So if they're dead set and stubborn that they are going to go do this together, somebody's going to have to step in between to write the check, and that somebody's going to have to believe ahead of time that they can tell a story compelling enough to back whatever contract they signed to sign whatever check they promised to. That somebody needs to be a promoter and that somebody's going to need a plan because this is a very, very hard fight. They've already lost it once from lack of interest. As soon as that happened, historically, you would pack up and move on. You would never come back to something that suffered that kind of embarrassment. Two big, well-known guys who can't, I mean, do you see the problem? You never come back to it, but they have. They want this to work. They want it to work so badly. Why? And the only difference now where they're trying to put this fight back together is that Jake got a win. I don't know that Jake showing us how good of a boxer he turned out to be makes you think that Logan can then beat Floyd. And if you don't have that belief, even on some level, there's a lot of things you can do, but this business together just isn't one of them. But they're stuck on it. Logan could go sell out an arena. Floyd could come back to man a big paycheck. They're both choosing to sit with their oars out of the water until they can find a way to do it together. And I get asked these questions a lot. Chael, what would you do? How would you put this one together? I got to tell you, that fight doesn't work. It just does I don't know why.
Let's close today's show by going from a legend in Floyd Mayweather to another one, Anderson Silva. I spoke to the Spider earlier this week about his decision to enter the boxing world. And so to end the week, I figured you guys would love to hear it. Enjoy. All right, guys, I'm now joined by my arch nemesis, my rival, who also turned out to be one hell of a good partner, and he's not done just yet. Of course, I'm talking about the spider, Anderson Silva. What's going on, man? Good, buddy, and you? I'm happy to see you. I've been looking forward to this. Look, you going into boxing, this is not exactly brand new information because you. I remember when you were talking about Roy Jones. You've been talking about Roy Jones for, for 10 or 12 years, so boxing is something that you've always had on your radar, but now you get the opportunity to do it. How does that feel? Wow, I'm so happy, Shell. I'm so happy because when uh, the people ask me about this fight, I'm I'm surprised because I'm in Brazil. I'm just visit my family, my my parents in Brazil, and uh, when I the people call me and say, "You ready for fight boxing?" and I say, "Boxing when and where?" and the people say, "In Mexico with." Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., what do you think? I say, yeah, I can do that. And I start calling my coach, and everybody say, yes, you have a time for that? Yes, I'm start training, and, you know, thank you, God, because I think this sport, people need to respect the, the different sport, but especially boxing, because I'm not specialized in boxing, you know? Of course, I practiced boxing for many, many years ago, and I fight boxing, but this is different level right now. And uh, that's like training hard for make this fight uh, good, for respect the sport, you know. Don't doing the same the YouTuber doing right now, you know, just respect the sport, you know. So let me pry into uh, the business side of this real fast. Did you have to get permission, say, from, from the UFC? Were you in a spot of your contract where you were free to go do something? Did you have to get, uh, did they have to clear for you to be able to do this? I'm completely free. Uh, when I, I take my last fight in UFC, Dana talked to me and uh, uh, asked me to sign something about this is my last fight in UFC. And I say, okay, but what happened, this is my last fight in UFC, but you can hold me here. This is my last fight. When this finish is done, it's done. And that's it. Okay, so when you signed with these new guys for the Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. fight, is this a multi-fight deal? Are you planning on boxing throughout 2021 or is this a one-off? You know, this is the first but uh, the different promote call me and call the, the ICM to, to unsign the contract to the people hold me. But right now, I'm, my focus is only this fight. But a lot of promote, boxing promote company call me and call the company, the ICM, that represent me to unsign right now. But right now, my focus is only one fight, this fight in... Uh, July 19th, and that's it. And when you're in the gym training, by the way, is that real natural for you? Or are there times you want to slip an elbow in or you want to you want to throw a knee? Like, are you having to reprogram? You got just the hands down? No, no, definitely not. I, I, you know, I just, 
because I have a memory for uh, uh, amateur boxing because I practiced boxing in Brazil a lot and amateur boxing in Brazil for many, many years. And I practiced professional too. I, I have a two professional fight boxing. And that's the, my, my coach right now worked with me. And I just start learn again and say, well, that's the, the little key. Just turn the key and start, you know. That's excellent. I mean, look, when you jumped in, though, you jumped in the, the pretty deep end right here, okay? I mean, you got a second-generation guy who's been doing this quite a while. I mean, he was kind of born into uh, boxing. When you heard that name, were you thinking, okay, this is great, this is a marquee fight, or were you thinking, guys, could I start with somebody maybe uh, not quite as experienced? I mean, I love challenge. You know, I know it's hard because... Chavez Jr. doing boxing for entire life, but that's a good challenge for me, you know. And uh, I don't, I don't need to prove nothing for anybody, you know. I do this because I love sport, I love fighting, and this is my air, you know. And uh, when when you do something with your heart, you happy, you make successful. You know, doesn't matter you win or not. And that's I accept the challenge for my mind, for my body, you know. Sure. And what about weight class? What is the what do you guys gotta weigh in for this? 82. 182, 182. Oh, I mean that's three pounds lower than you've been in about twelve years. Is that gonna be a big deal? Uh, Can you do yes, it? Yes, you know, th that's that's interesting, Chael, because I test my mind, I test my body, you know, every single day I put on my body for, for working hard, test my body, I feel strong, I feel tired, and uh, I, I, had, I, I put on my, my body for readaptation to make solid to the fight, for the day for the fight, you know, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm okay for that. I'm 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 happy because this is amazing challenge for me. I gotta tell you, I'm very happy about it too. And Anderson, you know, this whole card is starting to come together. I, I feel as though, and I, I sure hope that I'm right, but boxing is starting to change a little bit. Instead of just doing a big main event, they're starting to feature the co-main event, and they're starting to f uh, feature the third card down. And I'm seeing that particularly uh, being opened as they start to shorten the rounds, or even the time of the rounds, just so we can see a little bit more. And I feel like you're right in the middle of this. You know, I don't know how much you know about the card, but this card is coming together very nicely. You're going to have a lot of eyeballs, not just for yourself, but I know you're a fan as well, and you're going to have some fights on there that you're going to want to see. Yeah. You know, uh, that's the great moment for everybody in Mexico because Julio Cesar Chavez go to make this uh, event huge, you know? And I'm staying the same card. You know, and uh, this is a huge event in Mexico. And I'm so happy because everybody called me and say, whoa, you go fight boxing in Mexico. You, you crazy. But, you know, I'm so happy to you because, you know, you're amazing. You accept the challenge. And everybody called me and say, you crazy? And you say, yeah, I mean, I'm crazy, but it'll be fun. 
Well, Anderson, I'll leave you with this. I agree with those people. I also think that you're crazy, but I also think I also think you're going to win. I think you're going to beat him. I think this is something you've wanted to do. I, I'm not sure he knows fully what he's getting into. That is my opinion. I wish you the best of luck. Let's catch up again down the road. Thank you for your time, champ. No, thank you so much for you giving this, this opportunity, Chael. And uh, I know your son starts training. You know, when I have time, when you stay in LA, or, and when you have a time, just come, and I go help your son, too. I appreciate that. He's actually right here. He's Oh, now he's nervous. You want to say hi to Anderson? All right, we'll do that another. Now we got shy. He's actually a big fan of yours. He, I very much appreciate that <laughs> offer, and I know that you meant it. Oh, he, now he's running out. He's going to get his mom. <laughs> All right, Anderson, thank you, pal. Thank you. Bye. All right, guys, that's it for today's show. Thank you for listening and for continuing to review the show on Apple Podcasts like our friend West who says, best MMA podcast, period. Well, thank you, Wes. And thanks to all of you. Enjoy the fights this weekend, and I will be back to discuss that on Wednesday. Until then, I'm Chael Sonnen, and you are welcome. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park